First in our Bill of Rights is the freedom to hear uncensored ideas and opinions, to think your own thoughts, and to say what's on your mind. We couldn't have liberty without it. Now, more than ever, it's good to spout off, to listen, debate, and participate. Here's your host of Spouting Off, commentator, columnist, and all-around rabble-rouser, Karen Cataline. Well, welcome everyone to another edition of Spouting Off. And uh, never has it been more important to spout off, to say what's on your mind, to tell your truth, as the left used to say, but now is in full-blown censorship mode. I will never cease to be fascinated by people who jump on a bandwagon against censorship but when their betters tell them it's time to censor people who disagree with them, they go right along. People who jump on the bandwagon for women's rights, women's sports, but when women's sports are under attack, when very, the very nature and idea of femininity is under attack, they go right along. There is an ongoing and very long list of things that supposedly used to be the principles of the left, which have been poisoned, uh, turned upside down, degraded, inverted, you name it. And the very people who've extolled the virtues, another one, which forgive me for being redundant. They're the ones that say they're against racism and bigotry and uh, racist stereotypes and all of that, and yet they use that complaint to engage in the most vicious bigotry and racism that you can imagine. Uh, case in point, I will have a few more comments about the ongoing horror, ongoing horror in Israel. It is a changing story, obviously. And yet again, it's kind of the same story. We've seen it again and again. I saw a video of Joan Rivers talking about the thousands and thousands of rockets that had been lobbed at Israel in 2004. And she was outspoken. And she was, matter of fact, she was never one of my favorite comedians, I can tell you, but she didn't mind telling the truth as she saw it. And nobody obligates you to have to agree with someone, but uh, the whole art and spirit of the First Amendment is being, well, inverted and degraded. Uh, people who tell you that they're in charge of your right to know because of misinformation, are putting out, what do you know, misinformation. So there are some comments about what's going on in the Middle East. It's heartbreaking. And of course, the very first casualty in war, as I've heard it said, is the truth. And within only a little bit of time, we have spinning and spinning and spinning everywhere to try to turn truth on its head, to try and convince people that what they see, what they know in their heart and their gut is right or wrong is simply not true. Um, and there are always going to be people, supposedly good people, who fall for this propaganda. And it, if it weren't so effective, uh, it wouldn't be used. Uh, everyone knows about the kind of propaganda in the lead-up to the Nazi Germany and the Holocaust horrors, and there was an inordinate amount of propaganda, which, uh, again, not only in those days uh, demonized Jews, they, they, they're even more sophisticated now because now they demonize others by claiming victimhood for themselves. There are large rallies to justify this, this carnage, this torture, this totally, I mean, there, there are laws even in war, and, it, and it's that you don't uh, go after civilians, and yet Israel has always 
being told it must not go after civilians. It is always held to a different standard, but the proponents of uh, the other side is either explaining away, ignoring it, or just simply uh, is being told that it's not true, that it is not true. I saw a rally in which one proponent said that uh, Hamas are not terrorists, Benjamin Netanyahu is. It's like saying Donald Trump is a Nazi, and they did it. They did it, which we must understand is used as a political, very sophisticated tactic in order to give people cover and justification for the very hatred, the very bigotry, the very ugly horrors that they claim to be so much against. That's why it's deadly, because it's confusing for people. Well, how could they be bad? They're against racism. How could they be bad? They're just for tolerance. And, and if you wrap yourself in uh, uh, virtue signaling and victimhood, two V words, then apparently you get to get away with anything. You can, you can have your picture taken with a bloody severed head of the President of the United States and claim that you're perfectly justified because you feel like a victim that your presidential candidate was not elected. So you can always justify horrific, ugly behavior uh, by wrapping yourself up in victimhood. And that is among the most primary tactics of the left. Uh, and it has been going on for a long time. And the level of indoctrination and brainwashing that has gone on, we are only now beginning to see against Jews, against, I must repeat, Jews have so often historically, not always, but a good many times in history, enormous times in history, when Jews have been the canaries in the mine shaft, or if you will, the canaries in the coal mine. They are the ones who get targeted first because there is a historic hatred and, and stereotyping against Jews to blame one tiny population for all the ills of the world. And uh, it is astounding that Radical leftists can co can pull out being uh, being against anti-Semitism when one of their faves is attacked, who is a self-hating Jew like George Soros, and suddenly they're against anti-Semitism. This is all crazy-making, upside-down, poisoned ideology. It is not real. It isn't real. So. Uh, Another thing that I would say, and I may just stay on this topic because I've had a lot on my mind regarding it, is that never in history has it been more important to listen to actions, not words. We now have a lot of political posturing coming out of the White House about how pro-Israel they are. Uh, you know, uh, those are words. That's rhetoric. Talk about the fact that they enabled and abandoned and betrayed Israel because many of those armaments that they just left in Afghanistan found their way to Hamas. Their $6 billion promise to Iran is not exactly the actions of a government that supports Israel or America for that matter because as I say, the Jews are often the first but never the last. So, and those are the lessons of history. We got into World War II very, very late, and uh, the Jews were again the canaries in the mine shaft, but then it was the gypsies and the gays. Speaking of which, the level of ignorance, the level of preposterous stupidity is really not to be believed, and it is putting on display this propaganda that I'm speaking of and how incredibly effective propaganda is. It is not a big secret that 
jihadists and Islamicists loathe, hate, and despise gay people. It is not a big secret that they hang them from cranes and throw them off buildings, right? And yet I saw a tweet, I don't know what you call it now, an X, a tweet. I saw it and it said, uh, LGBT people are safer in Gaza than they are in Florida. How about that? And this passes for knowledge and, uh, and human discourse. These are the same people who are telling you you are not allowed to have an opinion that does not agree with them. They do not support, understand, or allow suddenly dissent, debate, difference of opinion. And their opinions, they're allowed to be as ignorant and stupid as they wish to be, but now they want to impose that stupidity on the rest of us. So I say again, listen to people's actions, not their words. Words, talk is cheap. But when you continually, the third term of the 44th president of the United States, when you continually enable and arm and support Israel's enemies and America's enemies, you give them money, you make it easier for them to get a nuclear weapon, you do everything you can to degrade, invert morality, poison principles, degrade decency in America, and poison people against their own country, that speaks a heck of a lot louder than words, ladies and gentlemen. So these are tough and difficult times. I can't imagine anyone who, any good, decent person, and I hate using that word because decency often is a moralization that people <laughs> use to persuade. Uh, you know in your heart what's right and wrong, and I can't imagine anyone being uh, deeply upset and, and uh, um, heartbroken about we, what we are seeing and watching. I encourage you to pray in whatever faith you have. Prayers are always needed and required, not just for the Jewish people and Israel, but for the United States of America and for liberty around the world, which is under attack. It is not an accident that that too is so in these times. Well, uh, it looks like I'm about to take a break. So we have a great couple of guests coming up. Those are my thoughts for today. Uh, we are going to take a break and um, we will come back to discuss other issues. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back. You're listening to Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. Every MyPillow is made with passion here in my home state of Minnesota to ensure you get the best sleep of your life. One of the things that I really like about MyPillow is the support. It gives my neck a little hug. I've never slept better in my life. What's better than a great night's sleep? Call or go online to take advantage of my best offer ever. For a limited time, when you use your promo code, you can get premium my pillows regularly $69.98, now only $29.98. With our 60-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. Sleep well, America! Call 1-800-867-0416 and use the promo code RAM, R-A-M. That's 1-800-867-0416 and use the promo code RAM. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Wouldn't it be great if life came with a remote control? You know, you could hit pause when you needed to or hit rewind. Like that time you knocked down that wasp's nest. Uh-oh. Or that time you forgot to roll up your windows in the car wash. Fantastic. 
Yeah, a remote control would have come in handy then. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome, but pre-diabetes does. With early diagnosis and a few healthy changes like managing your weight, getting active, stopping smoking, and eating healthier, you can stop pre-diabetes before it leads to type 2 diabetes. It's easy to learn your risk. Take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Life doesn't come with a remote control. So you're on your own with the wasps. You have the power to take control of pre-diabetes. Visit doihaveprediabetes.org today. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Spouting off with Karen Cataline will return in a moment. The Reading Foundation provides evaluation and tutorial programs based upon the Orton-Gillingham philosophy of learning, based upon the study of language, how children acquire language, and the mechanisms involved in learning. All the learning pathways of the brain, visual, auditory, kinesthetic, and tactile, are addressed and strengthened to build a strong foundation for the acquisition of reading skills. If you are interested in learning more, Please contact the Reading Foundation for more information. The Reading Foundation is at 10 Northern Boulevard, Unit 19, Amherst, New Hampshire, 03031. Or you can email us at readingfoundation underscore rf at yahoo.com. And of course, you can call anytime at 603-882-0992. The Reading Foundation, Amherst, New Hampshire. Sign up for Karen's newsletter and read her columns at karencataline.com. Now back to Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. Welcome back, everyone, to Spouting Off. It is an honor and a pleasure to be with you in these tough and troubled times uh, overseas and in our country as well. I'm delighted to welcome our very first guest here on Spouting Off, and that is Daniel Miller. He's the president of the Texas Nationalist Movement. Uh, There's an awful lot of people in many states around the country, I think, who would like their state to secede from the Union and from this uh, uh, malicious government. Uh, Daniel is the founder of the modern-day Texas movement and has advocated for Texas independence since 1996. Daniel's a sixth-generation Texan, a technology consultant and best-selling author of works including Texit, Why and How Texas Will Leave the Union. Daniel Miller, Miller, thank you for joining us. Hey, Karen, thanks for having me. It is good to have you. So we're going to start off with the issue currently, but there's just so many others. Uh, For our listeners, Gavin Newsom which some people call Gruesome Newsom, governor of California, and I think cousin of Nancy Pelosi. What a coincidence. Uh, and Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene are going to war over whether states should secede if the Biden administration does not secure the southern border. Uh, tell us more about that and how that figures in to your group and your mission, Texas. Well, look, there's no doubt whatsoever that uh, the border and unrestricted mass migration are, are big motivators, right? But they're not, obviously, they're not the only one. Uh, the, the, the growth of, of Texas independent support here uh, has really not necessarily been tied solely to the border, but it is a, a big motivating factor. You know, when you've got in excess, of um, you know, I, I I I would. This is the way that I equate it, right? This is the the way that I think people should look at it is that every single solitary month, more illegal aliens come across the 1,254 miles of Texas and Mexico border uh, than the number of troops that hit the beaches of Normandy on D-Day, and mm-hmm. it is a massive, massive crisis. It's a national security crisis. It's a public safety crisis. It's a public health crisis. 
I mean, it's, it's massive. And you cannot escape the fact that essentially the federal government is working hand in hand with the government of Mexico uh, and emboldening the cartels to uh, drive Texas to become one of the number one states in human and sex trafficking. And that is solely because of what's happening down on the border. In fact, when Texas tries to actually secure the border, uh, you know, using the, the powers and the tools that we have here uh, as, as best as the governor can, we get sued by the federal government. So uh, it, it is a massive crisis. And, uh, you know, but, but again, I, I think it's important that every state, not just Texas, evaluate their relationship with the federal government in, in all terms, you know, whether it's uh, the border and immigration, whether it's currency, taxation, and economy, uh, whether it's national defense and military, uh, you know, I- any of those things. Uh, I think it's important that every state start asking the question right now. Uh, if your state was already a self-governing independent nation, would you even bother to vote to join the union, knowing everything you know about the federal government? Well, the betrayal of the Constitution uh, speaks for itself. It's no secret that the radical left engineered open borders. And in light of what is now going on in Israel, which I spoke at length about in the first segment, people are now more acutely aware than ever of the number of terrorists that have come through the southern border with Mexican uh, immig- uh, illegal immigration as a cover, and uh, that, how can you not say that's a national security issue and a betrayal uh, and treasonous betrayal of the Constitution? People know sure. it, they see it, and yet the current administration of the radical left denies it's even happening. Well, Karen, this is the thing people need to understand, especially in the context of what we just saw in Israel. I mean, you, you saw uh, a death count in excess see. of a th- yes. Well, you, you saw a death count in, in the excess of a thousand people uh, that occurred from a very small number of Hamas members that snuck across the border. Given the numbers that are coming across here in Texas, uh, unvetted, uh, you know, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they've actually, uh, in some instances, interdicted people that are on the terror watch list uh, for international terrorism. You, you take what happened in Israel and you scale it by a thousand or ten thousand, and, and that's the potential that we have here. And this is why Texans are in in large numbers looking at this um, this issue of our relationship with the federal government as an existential crisis. They don't want. That sort of thing happening in their backyard, but yet, you know, you have sheriffs here, including um, the Border Patrol, saying that the cartels are in operational control of the Rio Grande River. So we've got massive issues here that we have to address. The federal government is doing everything they can to to actually exacerbate the situation. And uh, Mm. Texans are realizing in massive numbers that the only way that we're ever going to uh, get a handle and secure our border and and get a sensible immigration policy is to become a self-governing independent nation. Yeah. Uh, we're talking to Daniel Miller, uh, and he is the president of the Tex- Texas Nationalist Movement, or Texit. Um, uh, given what happened very recently with Ken Paxton and ignorant Republicans going along with an impeachment and a, and a clown trial and a Republican named Dade Phelan, who's pushing for more Democrats in leadership in Texas, in the Texas legislature. I know that, that there is so much, and I'm not privy or understand a lot of it, going on in Texas. Uh, Texas is in great danger in the legislature of being taken over, even though people think Texas is such a Republican state. Uh, what say you about Texas when we've got this kind of trouble going on in the Texas legislature and they go after their own, <clears throat> impeach him, and they let the Speaker of the House bring in more Democrats into leadership? Yeah, it's, uh, it, look, it's concerning. Um, uh, th- what you're seeing now is the 
culmination of what has essentially been a, a long brewing civil war within the inside the Texas GOP. Uh, huh. But it, it highlights what our position has been all along. Um, the, the real the real battle here, and it's not just in Texas. The real battle here is the political establishment versus the people. That's really what it is. Um, you know, you hear people use the term uniparty, but all it is 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 the same political establishment. And um, there is a a growing discontent that is just spilled over into what I would call a political hot war. Uh, here in Texas, where you've got the people, the the grassroots, the voters that are sick and tired of being lectured to and uh, tyrannically ruled by a political establishment, regardless of party, and uh, it's beginning to uh, it's beginning to spill over. And I think what you're going to see here in the next primary is that erupt at the polls. Now there there is a, an, an X factor here that none of these political consultants have considered, and that is. Uh, you know, the, the Texas Nationalist Movement, our organization, is running this petition campaign that will force the Texas question on the Republican primary ballot. So one of the one of the big lasting impacts that this could potentially have is uh, you look around the world, last 100 years of independence referendums, uh, whether they're advisory or binding, and you see that the average voter turnout for these questions is about 85%. And so even if you hit the low end of that and, and said, look, we're going to, you know, just putting the Texas question on the ballot in March doubles voter turnout in the primaries with pro-Texas voters, um, you know, all of a sudden the political calculus is, is wonky. So you've got two factions of the GOP fighting uh, amongst each other. You've got uh, the potential for a Texas referendum to be on the ballot in March. Uh, and what you've got is is this frustration that's built up for a very long time. So uh, I, I'm I'm anxious to see how this plays out. Uh, I feel like the political establishment is extremely desperate right now, and I think the Ken Paxton impeachment proved that. Wow. Well, um, what is the likelihood that this will actually get on the ballot? And then let's talk about the reality of this because conservatives being what they are always don't like change and yet change of a, of a malicious and unbelievable nature is being forced on all of us change to rob us of our individual freedom and our god-given rights that's a change that's sure. being imposed on everyone but yet conservatives are very very slow to make such dramatic moves, which is part of what makes them conservative. They want, you know, uh, uh, what they had. And it's possible that it's not on the ballot, <laughs> to coin a phrase. So first, what, how likely is this issue to get on the ballot? Well, the, the upside is that, uh, you know, we're, we're progressing very well in the petition signatures we have until a couple of days into December to, to hit that mark. Uh, but even beyond that, there is a, a willingness in st inside the state's Republican executive committee who will ultimately uh, be responsible for, for placing it on the ballot. Um, there is a uh, there is support there to just go ahead and do it, petition or no petition. So, um, you know, I think I think we're we're better suited than we've ever been to get this across the finish line. But th this is what I would say to people that are maybe afraid of change. Understand that what you're seeing out of the federal government right now is, is the status quo. They are, they are not changing. They are working their agenda. They are working their plan. That is the status quo. Uh, and so it's up to us to go out and, and make the changes that we need to restore the, the values that we believe in. And, and, you know, it's Jim Rohn who said, the, the two greatest pains in life are the pain of change and the pain of regret. And, and I would just encourage everyone out there who uh, may be on the fence about a Texas vote or concerned about it, I, I would encourage them to understand that the pain of, of that change is far less than the pain of regret when you have to face the fact that your children and grandchildren will never know liberty if we fall oh. here. Yeah, it's also hard for most people to imagine that the same people that are forcing their will on all of us 
in a myriad of ways, trying to control and censor information, and on and on it goes, would ever tolerate a free Texas in their midst. They just wouldn't yeah. do it. Um, that, that very much is like when Israel declared its independence and every single one of its neighbors attacked on the very next or the very same day. We can't have a Jewish state um, among us. We're, we won't allow it. Uh, what do you say about that? Well, but here they are, right? I mean, the, the, the epitaph of, failed, of uh, failed politicians and failed historians re- uh, reads, it will never happen, right? Uh. Um, yeah, it's, it's just the, the bottom line. And and here we are. I mean, look, we're we're fastballing into uh, into November, which is going to be our uh, Texas conference, the first real Texas conference that we've ever had. Uh, and, and we're bringing in elected officials. We're bringing in uh, former politicians. We're bringing in academics, subject matter experts to to highlight the various aspects of how Texas will affect our lives. And so you know, we're we're holding what is effectively going to be the largest conference of uh, of independents, questioners, supporters, whatever you want to call it, advocates, uh, probably ever held in North America. And so, wow. um, we're we're going to show we're we're going to show the world that Texas is is a reality, and that it is part of a much larger global trend toward decentralization, and that it has the best it offers the best opportunity for people who believe in self-government and self-determination uh, to preserve the values that we all uh, that, that we all cherish hmm. uh, Daniel we do have some listeners who are from Texas uh, how can they participate in this conference and learn more about the Texas movement in general can they go well, to that or is that is that open to the public for people? Oh, absolutely. Look, Karen, I, I would encourage people, whether they live in Texas or not, to come. I mean, we're going to have representatives. Uh, we've got the world's foremost expert on independence referendums coming in from the U.K. Uh, we've got uh, people that represent other independence movements, people that are looking to fire up independence movements in their states. So it's open to anyone. And, and I would encourage people to go to uh, TexasConference.com. Uh, find out more about the conference. We're adding speakers every single solitary day. And uh, uh-huh. if they're on the bubble about the Texit issue or exit in general, uh, head over to texitnow.org and get all your questions answered. Texitnow.org. Are you familiar with, uh, just, to, well, we, we have to go, are you familiar with other states that are looking at this for themselves as well? We, we communicate and collaborate on a regular basis with other states that are looking at this, plus other independence movements around the world. So um, we are definitely stuck in on the issue of self-determination and self-government, and uh, we definitely do communicate with them, including uh, ones Great. in New Hampshire, California, Daniel Florida, Miller. and other states. Thank you so much for joining us. We always love having you. And uh, Thanks, best of luck to you. Thank you. Well, we are going to have our uh, Epic Times reporter that we always have this time. Stay tuned for that when we get back. You're listening to Spouting Off with Karen Gadoline. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. They're not out to tell you the truth of what's happening. They're out to tell you the picture of the world that they represent. The mission of the Epoch Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements and facts, and prevent people from being misled. The Epoch Times is independent. We're not controlled by any special interest, and we never will be. This is a battle. A battle between truth and deceit. A battle between forces that would ensnare this country in ignorance and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. Subscribe today to our digital edition at theepochtimes.com and join the Americans who are seeking truth and tradition. Read the difference in all your devices. We'd love to have you on board.
Are you tired of the same old snacks? Looking for something a little healthier than that bag of chips or candy bar? Even your average bag of trail mix these days is little more than peanuts, raisins, and candy-coated chocolate. Not very healthy, is it? Allow me to introduce you to White Mountain Munchies. Made from 100% all-natural ingredients, White Mountain Munchies combines unique flavors with nutritional value that will tingle your taste buds and strengthen and sustain your overall health and wellness. Eating good never tasted so good. From Maggie's Maple Madness to Hannah's Heavenly Harvest, Grayson's Getaway Goodies, and our limited edition Christmas blend, Jacoby's Jolly Jumble, White Mountain Munchies offers nutritious and delicious snacks that the whole family is sure to love. Pick yours up now through our easy-to-use online store at whitemountainmunchies.com. White Mountain Munchies, non-GMO when you're on the go. Hi, it's Karen Cataline. It's been almost a decade since I wrote Fat Lash Food Police in the Fear of Thin. It's about my early experiences in child beauty pageants and being put on extreme diets. Remember when that was shocking? Sadly, that seems like child's play compared to what we are watching today when politicians and woke corporations are actually advocating for the sexualization of children. Everyone's children. We're watching a frontal attack on childhood innocence. This is one story, my story. Fat Lash illustrates and explains why good boundaries are essential for kids to grow up healthy. They need their parents to set them, not the government. Get Fat Lash today. It's available in paperback or ebook at Amazon or at my website, karencataline.com. Karen Cataline puts the Judeo in Judeo-Christian. Now back to Spouting Off. Welcome back, everyone. That's some interesting music. That was short to come on, and there you have it. Well, we're always pleased to have, every week, a reporter from the Epic Times, and full disclosure, they are one of our sponsors, and you may have heard the, uh, uh, Matt Philp, I think is his name, or Michael, no, Philp, uh, the reporter uh, doing that audio commercial for the Epic Times, and boy, there's precious little good reporting uh, in general, because of the propaganda media and who we have today, we have had many times before. His name is Matthew Vadum. He's an award-winning investigative journalist. His work is cited at Fox News, Weekly Standard, Wall Street Journal, USA Today, and so many others. Even Keith Olbermann. Oh, my God. We're going to have to get that story. Hi, Matt. Matt Vadum. Thank you for joining us here on Spouting Off once again. Hey, how are you? I am doing well, and I know that you are primarily a uh, Supreme Court reporter, uh, but how, who, no, not how, uh, what, how did Keith Olbermann feature you, and what was that about? And I apologize if I've asked you that before, <laughs> but that's an interesting one, because he, he's out of his mind. Yeah, yeah, and he keeps <laughs> getting worse over time. Um I was Has on been, uh, yes. the, the Glenn Beck program on uh, Fox um, News, the TV channel, um, mm -hmm. some years ago. And uh, uh, he was attacking me because I, you know, he was attacking me because I was, because I thought it was a good appearance. I thought it was a good mm. show. And uh, Yes, but you disagreed with him. How dare you? <laughs> right. 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 So that was well, yeah. Listen. It was about it was about mm. Acorn, the Association of Community Organizations for Reform. Now, yes, you the, uh, had a lot to do with exposing groups that I that I helped um, to destroy. How about that? And that is really quite a uh, uh, an acorn in your cap. Um, now, my understanding with that is that they actually kept going, but changed their name. Is that true? Are they still? in operation well, under a different name? They splintered into a whole bunch of different little 
little groups and, uh, you know, local state ones. Hmm. And yet, yeah, they're still, um, they're still active. Um, uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of them. There's New York, uh, communities for change. There's Texas organizing project. There's, um, something in mass mm. in boston called new england united for justice and you notice how benign you know, there's, there's, those there's titles are yeah what do Pardon? you think about that matt i mean you're always whatever group it is that like black lives matter i mean it's such a nice name who could disagree with that right unless you say that somebody else's life matters and then they get really vicious because they're a communist group um and and they never want to say they're the United Communist Party. They never want to admit it. No, they never it. want to say that they're commies. That's true. But, no, um, they never do. They are, and they're very happy with the um, uh, with the terrorist attacks um, happening in Israel right now. So, yes, we've they're, been they're talking ba- about they're a bunch that. Of, they're a ba- lot. bad bunch of people. Yes, and they aren't. They're they're a lot less uh, uh, coy than they used to be. Uh, I would encourage you, I, it's a little out of your area, you know, and it's made national news. There is a Colorado state legislator who is a, uh, an avowed communist who when he was confronted with the information that Hamas not only killed women and, and children, but are beheading babies and uh, went into people's homes and killed their children in front of their eyes, uh, he said something like, and forgive me for paraphrasing, uh, yeah, so, something like that. They're not afraid to show their inhumanity uh, with, as I said, as I have nope. said, the cover There aren't, of, there was a, um, uh, I can't think of his name right now. It's a, it's a congressman from New York City, Democrat with uh, an East Indian name, and uh, he just uh, renounced his membership mm. in Democratic Socialists of America because mm. of their support for Hamas in the um, yeah in uh, the war in Israel. So it's a shame that you know there's there are some so that few. was that was a bridge too far for the guy. He's a mm. socialist supporter, mm. but but he you know he supports Israel, so he he quit the DSA, the Democratic Socialists of America, and that was a a good wow. principled thing to do. Yeah, something that uh, Bernie Sanders, a Jew, wouldn't do. Because Bernie Sanders has no love for Israel either. There are self-hating Jews, many of them, you know, sadly. Uh, That doesn't mean they're obligated to support Israel. But, uh, well, I've given speeches on this topic. A lot of them them don't support Israel. A lot of Jews are quite left-wing and they're... Yes, that is true. They don't support Israel or they're, you know... America, they're they're yeah. They're where you will find it, or they're they're just indifferent to it. Yeah. Well, uh, where you will find uh, conservatism is, and support for Israel, among others, is among the Orthodox, and they tend to get the most heat because they're visibly Jewish. There are so many people who are not visibly Jewish who uh, have no love for the Jewish people or Israel but who uh, enjoy the cover of, I mean, and there's so many of them, um, and, and they're almost always on the left. But, Matthew, right. <laughs> um, you've got some great articles uh, at the Epic Times. I'm looking here at a list, one about uh, drawing the political lines. It's about politics, not race. There's one about mandatory ammo background checks, which the Supreme Court won't halt. Um, what's, your, what's your latest passionate issue here? Which one do you want to talk about? Because there are many. I encourage everybody to go to the Epic Times. Just go to Matthew Vadum, V-A-D-U-M, and you can pull up his work. Well, yeah, it's strange that the Supreme Court, after taking the really... Um, Ballsy, the really uh, strong position uh, in uh, last year in the Bruin case, the New York State um, uh, gun case, where the Supreme Court ruled for the first time ever that there is a 
constitutional right to to bear arms um, in public places to defend yourself, um, they're not necessarily that consistent in, in following up. And now New York State has doubled down in its um, resistance to the, 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 the previous ruling, the Bruin ruling, and um, they, it passed a new law, and uh, they, it includes, among other things, um, that people have to get uh, background checks, um, submit to background checks with the New York State Police in order to buy ammo for their guns. Mm. Yeah. Which yeah. is, you know, an absolutely crazy, preposterous... And the Supreme Court won't hear it. And probably unconstitutional thing, and the Supreme Court right. won't intervene. And, you know, they may have some technical reasons, but when something comes to them in a, on an emergency posture, like somebody's asking for emergency relief, as these gun dealers were doing, um, if the, the case, if they don't think the case is a good fit, they won't... They won't take it, and that's what happened here. The court didn't give reasons for why it refused to to block the law. Maybe they want, um, you know, you can speculate what it is. Maybe they they want the the lawsuits um, uh, pending against the ammo background checks to progress further. Maybe they think the case is not ripe. Um, for a decision yet, so they want to wait till you know it's percolated further through the lower courts, through the legal system, before they take it up. Uh, but it's just surprising that after taking such a strong stand um, in in 2022 and in in favor of um, Second Amendment, that they seem kind of wishy washy and following up. Uh, it doesn't mean they won't, in the end, take a strong stand on the issue, but. Hmm. You know, it does disappoint and confuse a lot of people when they won't um, they they won't take a case up unless it's like perfect in in their view, mm. Uh, mm. unless it's ideal. It's um, mm. um, a shame. Uh, and, and you know, and, and unless unless it appeals to them um, according to their you know the criteria that they use in emergency applications. So I think this is a one lot of the... people. I think this is one of the reasons why just center-right conservatives do not trust the Supreme Court, because one minute they're strong on an issue, and the next minute they're wishy-washy, leaving them to kind of twist in the wind, you think? Yeah, that, that is, uh, that is um, something that does piss people off. And, and <laughs> it's like, yeah. for example, during the lockdowns, the pandemic lockdowns, Supreme Court mostly was, you know, content to let states do whatever they felt like it felt like mm. doing, except when it came, except when other rights, important rights that, that they consider to be important, like, you know, religious rights or whatever, um, were impacted. So, you know, mm. if a church was oh. told that they couldn't, um, uh, you know, hold services or that, like, in, you know, in California where... And they, they were. were they weren't allowed to like sing or something like that because on the mm. on the theory that 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 it, that it causes Insanity. people to expel air from their lungs. And yeah, that could, <laughs> yeah. That could we can't have that. COVID. <laughs> right. Right. Then then the court will get involved, but you know mm. most of the time it it won't get involved, and it's it's fine with uh, it, you know it doesn't object to um, to states um, running roughshod over people's rights. Yeah. Um, you know, I've heard it said many times that the Supreme Court is lazy. And uh, mm. and I'm, you know, I never used to think that way. But after watching what their behavior during the pandemic and COVID and all that stuff, uh, I, I agree. The Supreme Court is lazy. They don't take up enough cases. Um, they really don't do, they really don't do enough. I think that they've been bullied into, um, um, into, um, silence much of the time they won't take up a case unless they you know unless they absolutely have to and that's a shame because the supreme court's you know supposed to be the ultimate ultimate um uh, protector of our constitutional and our and our civil rights and i think that they abdicate that responsibility a lot of the time and that's a shame 
Well, and it, uh, it makes somebody like me wonder. Uh, they were making noises about packing the court, and uh, now they're not talking about that much at all because apparently they seem to be getting enough of what they want. What do you think? Right, but that doesn't mean that Democratic lawmakers in Congress are still trying to regulate the Supreme Court. They still want to cripple it because it's um, dominated mm-hmm. by um, conservatives, you know, when it, when it makes Some of the time. decisions. <laughs> Some of when the time. When it's not being lazy and refusing to make decisions, but when it's yeah. actually making decisions, they want to regulate it, and there's a bill right. that would... That would force all sorts of new rules, a new code of conduct, a code code of ethics, and it would allow people who who feel that you know there's a conflict of interest or whatever with one of the justices or who object to uh, things to to file complaints, and then a panel would would hear the complaints against the Supreme Court, which makes mm. no sense whatsoever because you can't have an inferior that is a lower ranking body stand in judgment of the, the highest-ranking judicial body. So it's just crazy stuff that's just there yeah, it's to, crazy. And, there and to look weak, at, weaken a conservative-dominated Supreme Court. Well, and look at how they have selectively, like they've gone after every conservative, selectively gone after the conservative, the most conservative justices, like Alito and Clarence Thomas. We only have a couple minutes, but... Um, I would love to see you do some reporting on that. Do you have any plans to do that? I have. I have written lots of articles. You can find them at the Epic Times about oh. how yeah. they've gone after Justice Thomas and, and how they've gone after Justice right. Alito and even gone after um, uh, a particularly absurd case after Justice Neil Gorsuch because he was involved in... Uh, he sold off some property in uh, Colorado, I think, where he's from, and uh, somebody in a law firm that had something to do with the case was vaguely connected to the transaction, and, and huh. the, you know, the lefties were saying, oh, this is a dig. terrible thing, even where <laughs> yeah. it's not even clear if Justice Gorsuch even knew somebody right. in one of the law firms in a case that was before the court. How could you have influence when in you didn't even know? I mean, it's it's, gotcha. They're just looking they're for really gotcha just moments stretching for every possible oh my goodness and it's so that's what they do imbalanced what that's what they do yeah it is what they do well we've got 30 seconds is there something you're working on that you want to let us know give us a heads up about real quick just uh more you know supreme court cases and like the one one yesterday was uh about um well, we'll have to let the them South vote Carolina the... District, Nancy Congresswoman Nancy Mace's district, and the, the, huh? the South Carolina legislature drew the, the district to put more Republicans in it, which yeah. is their prerogative, you know, political... We got to run, Matthew. Right, uh, and the, thank they, you. The, the, the lefties say it was because of race. It was to hurt blacks, and that yes. was before the court well. yesterday. Matthew Vadum, V-A-D-U-M. Look for him at the Epic Times. We love having you. Thank you for joining us. Happy to do it. it. Talk to you soon. Thank you. That does it for this edition of Spouting Off. Tune in every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday.